I think part of why I make art is to just express who I am. So now I've, I'm kind of of a mind that I'd like to kind of present my music alongside who I am with my alopecia too. This is Alopecia Life with your host, Deanne Graham. You'll hear interviews with specialists in their field and parents who are helping their child move through life while living with alopecia areata, along with conversations with alopecia rock stars who are making a difference. Alopecia Life is here to provide you with support, accurate information, inspiring stories, and life hacks to help you navigate the world of hair loss. Whether you've just been diagnosed or have had it for ages, Alopecia Life has been created to share all the information you may want or need to do alopecia your way. Welcome to episode 31 of Alopecia Life. Today's guest is super talented and extremely kind. The first time I saw her perform, I actually looked around the room to see if everyone else was witnessing what I was. It's the sound and movement of someone who has found the place they were meant to be, and I was so lucky to be part of it. Molly Tuttle's debut album, When You're Ready, released just over a year ago. She wrote or co-wrote all 11 songs, and if you haven't had an opportunity to hear it yet, I encourage you to take a listen. Today, Molly and I talk about music, of course, but also about living with alopecia and how sometimes the amount of time we sit with something allows for a bigger capacity to open up and share with the people there to support us, whether it be friends, family, or fans. Molly, thank you so much for joining us on Alopecia Life today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, we're excited to have you. We have a lot of very interested people in hearing about your music story and your alopecia story. So right now, let's kind of just jump right in and talk about music. What can you tell me, tell listeners about how you got started? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I started playing music when I was eight years old. Um, My dad's a music teacher and I come from a musical family. My grandpa was a banjo player, not professional or anything, but he loved music. So my dad grew up playing with his dad and then he taught me how to play guitar starting when I was eight. I really always was drawn to music and was always asking for different instruments to play around on when I was little. I wanted to play fiddle and then I wanted to play piano. And finally, when I started playing guitar and my dad was teaching me for the first time, that's when it really resonated with me. And um, I got more and more into it. And yeah, I always played with my dad growing up and I have two younger brothers. They both play as well. So we all played a lot when we were kids. And then I went to college for music in Boston at Berkeley. And um, that's when I started performing under my own name. And yeah, I've just been touring and I live in Nashville now, which is a really cool place to live because there's so many amazing musicians here. But up until about a month ago, I was touring full time and working on records. I had a record come out last year and starting to think about what I want to do next in terms of recording. It's been an exciting journey. And this is like the most I've been home in years, <laughs> the last month. So that's also an interesting adjustment too. It's kind of nice. I've always wanted to be home more, but it's mm-hmm. weird circumstances. What it is, I find myself not really knowing what to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel that way right now for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And would you say that Nashville feels like home to you or do you feel like California because you were born and raised there is your home? Mm -hmm. I think California will always feel more like home to me, but Nashville has really grown on me. It took me a long time to adjust to living here because it's so different in so many ways than California. It's 
so far away from the ocean, which was really hard for me. Mm -hmm. It's still hard. I miss going to the beach and the ocean has always been like so calming to me that being far away from it is hard and it's different culturally too. And living in the South is a lot different, but I love the community here and I like my neighborhood. And so I've, I think Nashville has started to feel like more of a home to me in the past year, but California will always be um, where my roots are. Yeah. Would you say that Nashville is where it's at for music? I mean, we hear that as people who aren't in the music industry, you know, Nashville's Mm -hmm. where it's at. You got to go there to be discovered. Is that what you found to be true? I think it's definitely one of the places for that. I think LA also has so much music happening and amazing songwriters and musicians there as well in New York. Yeah, there's lots of little pockets throughout the country, but Nashville has so much industry and so many songwriters. And so after moving here, it was just so easy to connect with people in the industry that I needed to be playing for and be connected with like different booking agents and managers and record labels. It's all here in Nashville. So that was really helpful career wise. I think it would have been kind of slower moving if I had lived somewhere where there wasn't all of that infrastructure and all of that industry. And then of course, there's so many great musicians. So that's kind of fun too, being in that community and having live music to go to Mm -hmm. every night if you want to. And tons of people to write with and jam with and people to throw ideas off of. I think it is really still heavily country music oriented. So Mm -hmm. it just kind of depends on what you're interested in. And And what is your genre? What would you say? I grew up playing bluegrass. So that does kind of fit in in Nashville with the country Mm -hmm. music and the Grand Ole Opry. And there's so many great bluegrass musicians here as well. And I would describe my current style more as like Americana or folk singer songwriter maybe even like a little indie in the mix too but um yeah there's definitely a lot of a lot of that style here in nashville as well yeah so let's talk about your album when you're ready is the the name of it right yeah yeah so and it came out a year ago you said Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. almost exactly a year ago yeah and and so this is like your debut. Do you write all your songs? That's what listeners want to know, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wrote all the songs on it. Um, I wrote about half of them by myself and then half of them with usually just one other co-writer. There's one song on there that I wrote with two other people. It started, the song Million Miles was started a long time ago in the 90s by my friend Steve Poltz and he wrote it with Jewel because the two of them were writing a lot. And it was before Jewel became famous or had her breakout album or anything. They started writing this song and never finished it. And then he played it for me and asked me to finish it. So that was kind of fun. It was like, uh, it started so long ago and then I got to kind of be part of it still. But yeah, most of the songs, I mean, all the songs on the album I wrote and about half I wrote on my own and half with other people. Awesome. So there's one thing that sleepwalking is mm-hmm. has been talked about as being kind of um, about alopecia. Is mm-hmm. that how did that kind of come to be? That song is one that I wrote on my own, and I think that I was able to kind of get to a deeper place with that because I wrote it alone, and I don't, I wasn't exactly thinking about alopecia, but for the video. I started listening to the lyrics. I'm like, this could be a cool one to kind of bring in that piece of who I am because the song kind of talks about things changing and maybe having a sense of loss. And the chorus talks about sleepwalking through a world that disappeared. And I think for years after I lost my hair, when I was super little, I was three when I lost it. But Mm -hmm. 
part of me still wanted to hold on to that piece of feeling normal and looking like everyone else that I never really got to experience because I was so young when I lost my hair. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that's just been something that stuck with me is that feeling of wanting that experience. Yeah. So the more I thought about it, I thought that would be a cool visual to go with the song. And I think in a way, Alopecia did inspire that song. I think my experience with alopecia kind of seeps into a lot of my songs without me explicitly trying to write about it sometimes Mm -hmm. because it's just such a big part of who I am. Yeah. Molly, when I was looking at your bio and on your website, it looks like there's not a lot about your alopecia in there. And I was just wondering if that was intentional. I mean, you do have a separate alopecia areata link in there as well. Yeah. um, I think that was not intentional. That bio was written when my album was about to come out and I remember being interviewed by someone who was writing the bio, and I think maybe at the time I wasn't talking as much about alopecia, and it just didn't come up in the interview. So that's why the bio is mostly just about the album and where I was before the album came out. But since then, I wrote the article, which is on the alopecia page on the drop-down menu, Um, and we decided to add it to my website just because people always have questions, and I want to get to a place with my fans where they know about alopecia and I can feel totally open about it with them. So I think in the future, if I, next time I'm interviewing for my bio, I'll probably talk more about it just to integrate it more into my, my music bio. So the two kind of become more intertwined, but yeah, yeah, it's just, I think each year and each month, even I start talking more and more about alopecia since I became open about it with my fans. Yeah. And they've been really positive, haven't they? Yeah, totally. Everyone's been so supportive. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember when you and I met, we were in Miami and we were at Whole Foods actually. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't realize who you were at the time you were, you were there and you didn't have hair and we were at a conference. Mm -hmm. So I knew that you were there for that reason, but I hadn't heard you perform yet. So it was kind of like, Hey, you know, can I sit with you? (laughs) I remember that so well. That was my first NAF conference since I was a little kid. So it was so nice. And you were so friendly and sweet. I was like, oh, (laughs) it's kind of intimidating to go and you don't know anyone. It it is. (laughs) Well, and even talking about how, you know, intertwining your alopecia story with your music career Mm -hmm. and as someone who's creative, do you kind of want those things not to necessarily be intertwined? You want to be seen as someone who is talented in your own right and doesn't have to have this extra piece of it, kind of making it extra unique or whatever we want to call it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that my thoughts on that have changed so much through the years. I used to feel strongly that I didn't want them to be intertwined at all. And that's why I wasn't really open with alopecia with my fans, because I was afraid that that's all people would focus Mm -hmm. on in a way, and it might take focus on my music. But I think in a way, that was almost an insecurity of mine that everyone was gonna, like, freak out about my alopecia, and maybe it would take away from my music. And I've kind of come to see it as just part of who I am, and something that's more of a positive part of who I am, and a way to use my platform with my music to help other people who might feel like I have felt with my alopecia and feel different. And I think part of why I make art is to just express who I am. So now I've, I'm kind of open mind that I'd like to kind of present my 
music alongside who I am with my alopecia too. Mm-hmm. And maybe in the future that'll mean performing more without my wig or like that video for sleepwalking I did where I, some scenes I'm wearing my wig and some scenes I'm not wearing my wig. That was a big step for me because that was the first mm-hmm. time I had really put my alopecia alongside my music, except for, of course, when I played at the conference or done like a fundraiser for alopecia. But this was the first time I had really used alopecia in my art just because I thought it would be cool and thought it would Mm -hmm. add extra meaning to the song. So I think I think it's just a unique thing that can be presented in a really artistic way that Mm -hmm. hopefully will help people. (laughs) Yeah. And why don't we talk about a little bit about your diagnosis, because you said you were three at the time, so you were quite young, and how that kind of led your decisions in, in doing music and you know how your time in school was. And I am also really curious on whether you ever thought you would do anything other than music, I guess, growing up in a musical family. You, were you like one day going, oh, I want to be a massage therapist, or were you always <laughs> like, I'm going to do music? Yeah, I think I had other little passing passing thoughts of what I might want to do and took a lot of courage for me to be like, I want to do music Mm because then you have to really believe in yourself that, I mean, it's a hard career and Mm -hmm. it's hard to make it as a musician. And you have a lot of people telling you that usually when you decide to become a musician, everyone's like, oh, it's so hard. (laughs) Um, Luckily, my family was really supportive. I always loved reading and writing. So at one point I thought I might want to be like a English major and maybe teach because I teaching comes kind of naturally to me I think maybe because my dad is a teacher too that was one thing I love I've always loved words so I thought it would be cool to study English and and I think the other thing that kind of appealed to me always was maybe studying psychology or becoming a therapist or something because I've always been interested in how that all works and how the brain works my mom studied psychology in school those were just kind of smaller interests and I've realized pretty quickly that I wanted to do music. Yeah. Well, it's turned out really amazing for you. And I I think even as an English major, somebody would be saying to you right now, oh, good luck with that as well. So it's kind of everything we choose, right, is questionable these days. So So let's go back to talking a little bit more about your alopecia. So you were diagnosed at three. I was diagnosed, I barely remember any of it, but I think my mom realized I had bald patches and my hair was falling out pretty rapidly. I didn't mind. It didn't bother me at all as a little kid, but I think it freaked my parents out. And my mom says I used to um, just grab fistfuls of hair and like pull it out (laughs) 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 to kind of, because I knew it could get a big reaction out of her. (laughs) Um, And I was like, I barely knew what was going on, but I did do that. So I think she just took me to a few different doctors and finally got a diagnosis of alopecia and then we actually got to go see an alopecia specialist in San Francisco Vera Price who was great and she was really honest with us and was basically like there's not any treatment that's 100% and for someone who's that little like I was only three it might be pretty harsh to do steroids every week and it would just it would definitely be an adjustment so she was just kind of cautioning against doing any of the treatments really so I decided as a kid that it just didn't matter that much to me to have Mm -hmm. my hair fall out and I didn't want to I was afraid of shots so I really didn't want to have that or anything 
I remember at one point I had like this cream that we were putting on my head, but it was itchy. So I didn't want it. I want to keep using that either. And so I really never pursued treatments, I think just because I initially didn't want to. And then I just never felt the need to later on. Mm -hmm. Did you know anybody else other than, I mean, you did start going to NAF conferences. You did mention that. So Yeah. yeah. I went to two NAF conferences when I was five or six, and those were so much fun. I met a bunch of other kids, but it wasn't like we kept in touch and I didn't have any like close friends with alopecia. But those conferences really like the two years I did go, I think they brought me so much confidence and really boosted how I felt about myself. Um, Mm -hmm. But then I didn't go for years and I didn't really know anyone else with alopecia. And that was kind of hard because I had a lot of unanswered questions about it. Yeah. What questions did you have? I think just how other people would react and like, I wore hats when I was a little kid, and but I didn't really like telling people about alopecia. So there would always be a point where I met a new person, and they'd ask why I was always wearing a hat. And I would just kind of like maybe make something up or just get really quiet. And mm-hmm. I just wasn't comfortable talking about it. So I think if I had known more people with alopecia, maybe I could have learned that it's okay to explain it to people. And I made it a really big deal in my head, and I just kind of became really closed up about it. And then in high school, I started wearing wigs. And that's when it became more of like a secret that I was keeping from people and hoping they didn't even notice that I was wearing a wig. Um, So that was kind of, it was easier in some ways because I liked being able to just be under the radar with Mm -hmm. wearing a wig. But then since I never really would challenge myself to open up to people about it, it became harder and harder to talk about it to people. So Mm -hmm. I think it was just that, I felt like maybe it was just a really big deal and that people would all react negatively. And then I realized later that that wasn't actually true. And most people were super supportive about it. Yeah. And I don't think you're alone in the way that you've, you've felt about it either or, or continue yeah. to feel about it. I think we are. So much of it really does happen in our head and we, yeah. we make it so much bigger than it really is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. When did you start to feel that maybe that wasn't the way things were, you know, that just that disconnect where you go, oh, okay, this, this doesn't have to be the way it is. Yeah, I think it happened gradually as I like, well, after I left high school, I kind of had this realization where I talked to some of my close friends and they were like, hey, we wanted to ask you about why you're wearing wigs. And it was kind of a shock to me because even though they were my close friends, we had never really talked about it. And I was like, oh no, everyone's noticed that I've worn wigs. But then they were super sweet about it. And then I was like, well, I'd rather just start opening up to people about it. And so I went to college and tried to tell my close friends in college. And then as more and more people were just supportive and no one that I met who I was close with really reacted negatively, then I decided that I wanted to, eventually after years, I decided I wanted to be really public about it. And I posted about it on my Instagram and my Facebook and it was right actually when I was going to that conference. I think it was the one where I met you. I did. I posted about it right before that. And everyone I knew was just texting me and writing really nice comments. And that made me feel really good. And then when I got to the conference, I think I was so afraid to go, I think because I didn't know what people would be like. And I didn't know, I think in my head, I was afraid that I would get there and everyone would be <laughs> really sad about having alopecia. But I got there and everyone was so happy and confident <laughs> and like sweet. And I was like, wow, okay, 
I think I was just the one who was sad about having alopecia. It kind of just turned my brain inside out and I realized that it could actually be a really wonderful experience and that I got to meet all these amazing people and bond with people and connect with my fans in a new way and just open up to my friends also in a new way. So yeah, that sense of freedom. I totally remember that the first conference I ever went to, leaving there and just kind of thinking, oh my gosh, this is this sense of freedom and looking around and seeing people who were actually what I should say is I thought that people were completely truly happy with where they were, yeah. but it also was about the conference and because we were all there to support each other, that's the comfort level that everybody had because, you know, come Sunday, everybody who was without their wig or without a head covering, I didn't even recognize them because they had their wig back on or they, or they were wearing their scarf again or hat. And you're like, Hey, Oh yeah. I spent all weekend with you. And, And it's very interesting how freeing it can be to be around people in the moment and know that, that, that feeling can continue when we go home, but it but it's a little bit more work, right? Yeah, it's it's harder back in the real world, but mm-hmm. it's possible for sure. You know, just keeping up those connections when you leave conferences is is, yeah. is a great way to do that. So, do you have anybody that you still keep in contact with from conference? Every so often, I had recently the last person I had connected with was when I was on tour in Colorado. I got dinner with Monique, who I actually I think she might have been there. At Whole Foods, it might have been the three of us sitting at that table. Um, but she and I got dinner, and that was really nice. And every so often, I'll just since I travel well, I normally travel so much, I'll get to see friends from NAF who will come yeah. to my shows. And yeah, and That's I always awesome. love having them there. And if I remember that someone lives in a town I'm coming to, I'll message them and say, Hey, you should come to the show. So that's been the main way of staying in touch with people. But I do want to get better at having kind of a support network throughout the year and maybe doing video chats or calling people on the phone because that's so important. And it's, I think I forget how big it is for me to have mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And one thing that was really big coming up this year was the NAF conference. You were going to be keynote. Is that right? Yeah, I was going to do a speech at that. And I was so excited for that. But I don't think I'll be doing the speech this year, but I'll be doing a video performance, musical performance, and then looking forward to 2021. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we're all really bummed out about the community support that any type of conference like that provides for people. And and you have one more year to work on your speech. So (laughs) (laughs) I've never given an actual speech before. So I was getting kind of nervous, but really excited at the same time. So <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to hear it because you'll it'll be in Colorado in 2021. Yeah. So That's yeah, fun. I love Colorado. Um, I have a couple questions from fans. And yeah. one of them is a wig question. So I'll start with that one. Heather Ariel would like to know she loves your hair. And she would like to know what kind it is. Yeah, I recently switched. Well, like a year ago, I ordered a Folea wig. Mm-hmm. I never know how to pronounce it. I think it's Folia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really love it. It's so light and I can feel when people touch my head, I can actually feel it on my scalp. It's really nice. Wow. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really happy with it. Now, is that the one that you wore in the sleepwalking video? Yes. Yeah, that's the one from that Okay. Video. And in the past, you've had other, other ones as well, right? But this one is the best <laughs> so far. <laughs> this is my current favorite. Yeah, I was wearing the Freedom Hair wigs, which are great too. But now that I've been wearing this one, when I put on my freedom hair, I'm just not used to it anymore. So it's 
it's just a different feeling on my head. So I think that's why this, I'm just used to this one. And I, I really like how they both look though. Yeah. The freedom hair one was a bit shorter. So if you see mm-hmm. older pictures of me, I have a shorter wig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm happy with this one. I want to experiment with more wigs though. So maybe <laughs> if anyone has wig suggestions. Message. Yeah. So breathability is kind of a big deal too with wigs, especially where you are in Nashville, right? Yeah. I hadn't realized, cause I think I've always lived in, more temperate places. And then moving here, I was like, oh man, my head does sweat a lot in the summer. Mm-hmm. And with this new wig, it's interesting because it's so breathable that I find myself having to wash it more often because it actually does get oily like someone's hair would if it was growing out of their head, which I've never had that with a wig before. So huh. it's nice because it does mean it's so breathable. Yeah, that's great news. I'm sure that people will be glad to hear that. We have another question from Annie Alopecia, and she is the admin and the person who founded the Alopecia Totalis and Universalis Facebook page, and she loves you. And she would (laughs) like to know how you handle the heat of the stage lights in performing um, while wearing a wig, actually. That's a good question. I mean, it doesn't bother me so much. I think I'm a naturally like cold blooded person. (laughs) I'm like always cold. So when I go on stage and it's warm, I'm like, yay. And I don't sweat that much. I mean, I do in the summer in Nashville if I'm like walking around outside and it's super humid. But I think since I'm naturally kind of more cold, it doesn't really bother me so much. Yeah. Well, that's... That's good news. One of those things is we, it's really hard to regulate our, our body temperature when we put something on our head, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Maybe my body's used to it too because I wear wigs so often on stage that mm-hmm. I just kind of get used to it. Well, thanks for answering those. I appreciate it. Yeah, and so what is coming up for you next? Right now I'm just kind of hunkered down at home. I've been doing a bunch of live streams Um like a weekly one on my Instagram with different guests. And actually this week I had Amber Jean Rowan, who's a wonderful alopecia model. Mm -hmm. Um, She lives in London and we talked about alopecia for a while. I'm doing a bunch of those and I'm not really sure when I'll get to go back on tour. So kind of making tentative plans for the fall, but not sure what's going to happen. So Mm -hmm. working on recording and writing a lot and hopefully I'll have some new music to put out soon. If not, playing shows, but (laughs) finding ways to connect with people online, which has been actually really fun. Awesome. And how can people find you when they're looking for you? They can find me on social media, on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. um, And then my website, smallytuttlemusic.com. Awesome. And we'll have all of that in the show notes for listeners that they can check on and find you. Awesome. Thank you. You bet. And I just want to say thank you so much again for joining us today. To get in touch with Molly, find her on social media at the links provided here. If you happen to hear she is performing live near you, you won't want to miss out. Check out her updated tour schedule at mollytuttlemusic.com. Molly is part of the Alopecia Life Facebook group and is happy to answer any questions that come up for her there. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time. 
Thank you for listening. Join our Alopecia Life Facebook group and find out more information at headonlifecoaching.com. The information on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and is meant for general information purposes only. If you're enjoying these episodes and finding the tips helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to and download podcasts. Yes. 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 Yes.